Hello, freedom fighters and liberty lovers everywhere. This is John Verd back on the air or interwebs coming to you from beautiful Christchurch, New Zealand. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, just a quick note before I get into this episode. Yes, I know it's been a long spring slash summer break for me in this podcast, and I really appreciate you sticking with me as I get back into the saddle here. If you've been paying any attention at all the last couple of years, I'm sure that you, like me, have been doing everything you can to prepare for whatever the world's going to throw at us next. And I'm sure you're very aware of the threat of the technocracy, CBDCs, the surveillance state censorship, and the globalism at the heart of it all. Even if you may or may not know those terms, I'm sure you sense something's going on there. And that's why we're here, not just to wake people up to the corruption, but to explore solutions in these unprecedented times. And I know I'm not the only voice out there, which is great. We're seeing more and more people coming out and talking about the new world order openly. And I hope that you can help me get the word out to wake friends and family so that we have more people working to do something about it. In fact, uh, during my time off preparing, doing things like gardening and things, I've also been working on some exciting things behind the scenes. So do stay tuned for future episodes. We'll, of course, continue to expose the corrupt new world order. But at the same time, they're rolling out their plans. We need to be prepared with our own. And that doesn't mean that we give up on the current system. We've had some major victories getting common sense freedom fighters into local and uh, other parts of government around the world. But at the same time, we need to be working on our own parallel economy. So if you feel this podcast is helpful and you want to learn more about what we're doing in our local communities to survive and thrive, please consider supporting this podcast, of course, with your prayers and also your financial support. All right, let's do this. Forbidden and banned, the bane of bureaucrats, exposing mainstream media's weapons of mass distraction, flying under the radar, and dropping truth bombs on tyranny. It's Liberty Now. And hello and welcome back to Liberty Now. This is John Verd, trainer, piper, Navy diver, and Liberty lover. And I am glad to be back in the saddle after a, a pretty long hiatus there. Uh, I am with a guest today, my good friend, Javier Figueroa. Hello, John. Hello. He, Javier, you've moved to uh, Boise, Idaho for uh, probably a lot of similar motivations that we moved to New Zealand a while ago. Exactly. Just a, a quick apology to my audience who hopefully you haven't given up on me, but uh, I have been really focused. And part of that is, you know, for reasons why we've moved, uh, we're also focusing on preparing for whatever the world throws at us next. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time just getting the house ready for, we might see power outages, uh, doing a lot of gardening, things like that. There you go. But, uh, I think it's important to continue getting the word out there about, uh, you know, geopolitically what's going on and also offering some solutions and suggestions 
for other people that might be of a like mind, like you and I, and uh, just, you know, just a, a fresh breath of uh, common sense back into the narrative. Exactly. Loving that hat. Loving the goat. Thank you so much. It, it took it. The, uh, <laughs> the gray took years to, to grow. <laughs> so how long have you been in Boise now? Since July of 2022. So it's been almost eight months now. Yeah. Since we moved, uh, we rented a house and then we moved into our our current home uh, here. And one of the reasons that we moved was that uh, at the time, uh, as I think your most of your guests or most of your listeners know, uh, you used to be in the Puget Sound area and the greater Seattle region. Yeah. And it, it, it was a glorious place to live up until about 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah, sadly. Um, such a beautiful area. Sadly. Um, I would say the all the changes have been purely political, social, political. Yes. Um, you know, just policy, you could say, is, is pretty much directly responsible for the conditions that are there now. And uh, Seattle has become a, kind of another... San Francisco, like all the bad th things that you would see in or of San California. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Drug use, um, incarceration. Well, lack of incarceration. The the police whose hands are tied. Lack of incarceration. Council. You know, yep. it's it's more focused on um, enabling drug use through needle exchanges and other things, rather than trying to rehabilitate and help actually help people. The liberal attitude seems to be uh, just, you know, give them more needles and give them a safe place to shoot up. Don't try to help them off their drugs. I mean, that's, re Don't try that's to help ridiculous. Them. Exactly. Let's promote this lifestyle rather than, you know, try and get people right. out. Of it. Yeah. So yeah. how are you finding the contrast there in Boise? Uh, well, it's not as not the 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 culture shock that we've experienced has been minimal, to say nice. the least. Uh, we're in a community with a lot of uh, young families and retirees that have moved into uh, Boise for the, many of the same reasons that we moved out of Seattle. So we have a lot of people from Washington, Oregon, and uh, California oh. that are uh, refugees, Refuge? medical or political yeah. refugees. That's a thing. It is. Yeah. It is. And what's what's amazing is to see so many people here. Uh, not wearing masks, not asking for vax cards. It's a very, it's very isolated that you actually have people uh, still wearing masks here. Yeah, I, I wanted to, yeah. yeah, talk a little bit about the lifestyle difference. We're seeing that in different regions around the country now. It's there's been like sort of a lot of, um, I don't know, political refugees <laughs> or or medical yeah. refugees, just like the the left has their sanctuary states for all of their horrible policies and <laughs> illegal activities. I think people with uh, more common sense are trying to get out of the big cities and uh, into a more independent lifestyle. Exactly. And here in Idaho, one thing that uh, because of the lack of population density in, in Idaho, you know, Boise is probably the largest city in the entirety of the state. Uh, there's probably under 2 million people in the entire state of Idaho wow. with half a million of those people living here in Boise. Um, there wow. is a vibrant community wow. of small farmers, small ranchers, 
and there is a, a fantastic trade back and forth with the eastern counties of Oregon. So you have a lot of uh, ah. agricultural interaction between Idaho and Oregon. Yeah. And so there was a there was talk for a while that a lot of Oregon counties wanted to secede from the Oregon <laughs> yes. state and join Idaho. I remember Idaho. that. It's still a conversation that they're having. It's not it's not wow. dead. So there is interesting times yeah, there's, there's there's all that going on I, i've yeah. never heard such talk in in my 50 plus years on this planet um i don't know if that's been like a previous times in in u.s history i haven't researched it but i'm wondering how often that sort of uh discussion has come up probably well obviously around the civil war um since yeah. then has there been talk of secession or reforming new unions or new states and yes, and you know the provisions of the um, uh, of the constitutions of each of the state do allow for certain counties to, counties to say basically, you know, they can't secede from the United States, but they can say we no longer want to be incorporated in in this state, and we want to cede this particular county or district, so that we're one of their Yeah, I, I think there are um, legal and constitutional mechanisms on the state and federal level to definitely do that. The the tools are there. Exactly. Um, it just is, is there the political will? And if there is the political will, will the people uh, have the ability, I guess, to build those sort of grassroots networks in light of, you know, censorship and, and other ways that um, people can be, you know, manipulated through fake polls, fake news and, and yeah. those kinds of things? There is, because most of the, uh, I think that there is a growing awareness in the, uh, uh, in the medical freedom movement, as well as the uh, general freedom movement here in the United States and globally to where people no longer trust the uh, old media as well as the new media and are actually getting together and talking face to face, uh, which is having an incredible amount of, you know, cutting out the, uh, the noise generate, generated by all these other channels. And there is, you know, cash is becoming more and more important as a medium of private exchange. Uh -huh than it ever has before. And there's a reason why CBDCs are being pushed so yes. hard, not only in the United States, but all over the world, because uh, having the ability to move cash physically is a way to cut out central banks altogether, right. except for the fact that they print the fiat currency. Yeah, uh, and I, I would gather most people listening to this would be familiar with CBDCs, but just for those who maybe that's a new term for them, just from a, a philosophical or practical perspective, um, CBDCs are bad news for privacy um, as well as as uh, sovereignty, you know, your ability to do exactly. what you want when you want. The implications are huge. I don't know if any, you know, most people have probably thought a little bit about this, but it, a programmable digital currency, uh, like some sort of, um, you know, credits system that that everybody's dependent on. If that's the only medium of exchange for value, you know, goods and services, then um, you are stuck with that currency being completely controlled by the issuer, the federal government. Exactly. Which can be tied into... Um, you know, monitoring your behavior. So, I mean, as, as they're doing in China now, th that's the model for us exactly. that they want to accomplish. And think about also they have an expiration date. So there's no rule. 
there's no exactly. it's not like rollover minutes where you get there's it no keep the unused credits or minutes you know into the next <laughs> month uh month by month they just you get a new allotment exactly and they, they, i think the intention is to eventually get everybody on um sort of welfare system you know the um universal basic income yes so the state goes from being your employee to your employer they issue the money um, everybody you know at first blush sounds like a great idea i don't have to work i'm going to get a you know welfare welfare check every month don't have to do anything uh but then they tie those credits to good behavior and also rationing things like uh trying to get rid of meat uh exactly you're only allowed to buy bugs bug burgers exactly so i was wondering if i could share the screen here i found the, the... yeah i'm going to flip it over to your view all our analysis on cbdc in particular for the use of general to the general use uh, we tend to establish the equivalence with cash uh, and there is a huge difference there uh, for example, in cash, uh, we don't know, for example, who is using a $100 bill today. We don't know who is using a 1,000 peso bill today. Uh, a key difference in, with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that. Those, are, those two issues are extremely important, and that makes a huge difference with respect to what, to what cash is. Interesting. Um, and, you know, it's so arrogant, the, the, their attitude, you know, like as if it's their business, what I do with a $100 bill or a 100 peso note. That, that's the whole point of, of cash is freedom and sovereignty and anonymity. Exactly. Yeah. Not a good place to be. So that's why cash is still such an important, you know, even if it is a fiat currency, it is issued by a bank that still has to honor that particular contract, that promissory note that you're holding in your hand and that anyone can exchange for anything else. So it really becomes an issue of, uh, you know, do you want to have the freedom to buy what you need and what you want, or do you want it to be decided for you right. by someone else? And that's, that's really the only issue. Forget convenience. I mean, yeah, it is convenient. You don't oh, have to carry course. around cash, but at the end of the day, they get to decide, not you. Yeah, exactly. Well, anybody who's familiar with um, you know the concept of technocracy, uh, it's all falling into place, all in line with uh what the, absolutely the scientific elite would like to do get rid of politicians altogether and just have uh, <laughs> scientists and yes. ai run the planet yeah, and that what could go wrong with that no. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> who could see any problems with that it's like you know there haven't been enough uh there haven't been enough uh um uh, science fiction movies to teach us otherwise oh yeah you know also, I, I keep harping on, you know, the old classic books, you know, these these dystopian novels like 1984 and Brave New World. A lot of people don't realize that these were written by insiders who were part of what is now the deep state um, and these technocrats and eugenicists. These are like blueprints 
These are this is information coming from the top people, the insiders who who know. There you go. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I, I remember uh, going to buy some extra copies of 1984 at a local bookstore back in Seattle, and the woke girl behind the counter. We were just chatting about I don't know the the book, and she's like, "Yeah, I just I don't know why you know so many people get into these books and they they think that." Um, the world is is headed this direction, and you know the the more they think about these things, they're more they're trying to make this reality. And talking about like um, you know art is sort of guiding reality, and I'm just like, no, sister, it's the other way around. We are part of their bigger plan, and and they're just telling us they're exactly. laying out what the plans are. Exactly. Oh man. And if you want to see what their plans are with AI, I got another video to show. Oh, you. do you? Okay, please do. And if this doesn't, if this doesn't give you a chill, I don't know what will. Let's go to that. You broke my heart because I couldn't dance. You didn't even want me around, and now I'm back to let you know I can really shake them down. It's funny you brought that up because uh, I had actually seen a, another recent Boston Dynamics clip where they uh, guy was working in a construction setting and the that same bipedal robot was uh, grabbed a, a plank and climbed up there and handed him his tool and then it jumped off of the platform and did like a backflip and landed on its feet. Yeah, and let's not forget that the city of San Francisco uh, requested and received approval to arm their uh, autonomous robots uh, with with weapons in order to potentially kill. Really? Um, and it, it was one of those, I still can't believe that the, that the city council of San Francisco agreed to, to allow to uh, for these robots to use lethal force. Oh, so they're literally, I mean, this is, this is the stupidity of San Francisco. They're actually arming robots that are AI controlled. And they're basically saying, yeah, you know, because they're not human, their machines will call it an, an industrial accident. That right. is the definition. Right. Right. One so. more level of um, separation of liability. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, at the root of so much of what's going on is um, 
laziness and giving away our, our rights and responsibilities leads to these horrible outcomes. Uh, it's the same with uh, credit cards. When they yep. were first introduced, you know, savings was at an all time high by the American middle class. People had, you know, a lot of money. It was the smart thing to do, you know, for lean times. Exactly. They, they learned from history. But then the introduction of credit cards and the marketing and, and propaganda behind that, you know, it's like, oh, you can have, you know, you can live like the rich and famous and, you know, you don't have to worry about it tomorrow. And when you see, you know, a credit card bill or, or something on paper, it's not the same as holding that same amount of cash or money in your hand. Exactly. Or, you know, walking yeah. out of the bank with it. It's like just sort of um, play money. And there's there's that detachment or separation from the real consequences, um, you know, right. not dissimilar to, you know, having robots fight wars for you. You have uh, soldiers flying drones and killing people indiscriminately. Um, they're just pushing a button right. on a computer desk. They're not actually looking into the face of the person they're killing. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing that, you know, the, uh, that we're, we're allowing this, or at least it's being pushed onto us without having much in, in the way of a discussion. The, the amount of coverage that that decision in San Francisco received was very minor. It, it didn't receive the amount of coverage it should have because it is really a watershed moment. Uh, like, yeah. you know, allowing drones, autonomous drones to, to fly around and, and shoot or bomb. This is this is an equivalent. Well, you know, we, we can go back in history, too, and learn from history during the French Revolution was a, around the time that the guillotine was invented. And yes. it was so deadly efficient in disposing of dissidents so quickly and neatly that it became a very hungry device and it needed more <laughs> victims and a lot more people got executed. Yep that wouldn't have otherwise because of this new technology. Right. So um, it's kind of a new twist on an old story. Exactly. Yeah. And again, this is this is an issue that that's uh, very prominent is becoming more and more prominent in the United States. But I think that for New Zealand, it's going to become even more critical, given that, you know, it, it is a Commonwealth nation. Right. Bound by a very different set of strictures and laws. Right. We don't have a, a technically a true constitution like the United right. States does, which is uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to make a lot of noise here and help people understand that, you know, that they have human rights and they need to fight for them even all the more. Um, and speaking of New Zealand, for our people that have been here in this country and listening around the world about uh, Ms. Ardern's early departure, I have to say, I'm not going to cry that she's leaving. Um, in fact, it's a pretty great birthday present. So February 7th is when she's out of here. And uh, whatever that means for uh, the next prime minister, I am pretty happy to take that victory. <laughs> I 100% agree. She was one of the most vicious um, and uh, dishonest uh, purveyors of the need for lockdowns and for um, uh, the use of the gene therapies. Oh, yeah. Um, and I honestly, I'm, I'm having a tough time uh, understanding how uh, she, she is the definition of a, of, a, of a psychopath. Yes. Oh, yeah. She doesn't care what happens 
uh, what what it what it does to other people. Well, and as an avowed communist, I would expect no less. So in the the time we have left, um, I had a a clip that I wanted to show you. Um, you reminded me of something, and we were talking about uh, how people can know who's telling the truth and who to trust. You know, there's so much disinformation and counter disinformation and fact checking going on. Um, I've never seen anything like it in my life. And we've never had the ability to, to censor people like right. we can now with, with people being so dependent on internet media and information that it's just a, with the flip of a switch, you can cut them off. It's come out, you know, uh, whistleblowers and documents have come out in the droves to uh, show that it's very biased towards the left, uh, towards their greater agenda, and uh, censorship is very real. And anything counter to the narrative uh, about with COVID uh, vaccine, vaccines, gene therapies, safe and effective, uh, everything from or criticism of your uh, local school board allowing porn in K through 12 schools, you know, that kind of exactly. gets censored. But uh, one of the common themes or factors I find in almost all leftist, liberal, woke agendas, it's the hypocrisy. No matter if you just look at the topic being talked about and the people who are pushing that narrative, listen to what they say versus what they do. And I just I was writing down like a, a list. I'll, I'll actually see if I can find some actual clips to all these and post these on the website at um, libertynow.com. <clears throat> Put that in the show notes. I was just reminded uh, Dr. Fauci on wearing masks, first <laughs> saying that they, they aren't necessary, <laughs> then they are, and then being uh, caught in public multiple times not wearing a mask when he's telling everybody else to. Yep. Nancy Pelosi not wearing a mask when she goes to the hair salon. One of the senators caught on hot mic talking about masks as just political theater while they're on camera. Mm -hmm. Then uh, Patrice, uh, I forgot her last name, the, one of the founders of BLM, BLM. talking yep. about uh, white privilege. And then as soon as she makes her millions of dollars from BLM donations, uh, moving to one of the richest white neighborhoods in the country, to get away from the black neighborhoods that she's professing to be helping. Patrice Coolers. Coolers, yes. Al Gore talking about sea level rise and then buying homes on the coast that he said were going to be underwater by now. Gavin Newsom opening his restaurant during lockdowns. Somehow he's exempt from lockdowns and allowing um, his friends and family to come into his restaurants without masks. Um, yep. Gavin Newsom's wife talking about her gender and uh, race equality programs and talking about how privilege is something that needs to be addressed and yet using her political privilege to make hundreds of thousands of dollars through her filmmaking exploits. Oh, yeah. And then Al Gore, Greta Thunberg and, and all the climate activists. Just let's put aside whether or not climate change is a man-made phenomenon, whether or not CO2 that we breathe out and plants need is a dangerous toxic gas or greenhouse gas that's going to kill us all. Just taking all that out of the equation, the fact that our human activities are contributing to carbon dioxide and greenhouse gases, all these proponents addressing climate change flying around in their private jets, having huge houses and the biggest carbon footprint of anybody. The hypocrisy yep. is just unbelievable. 
Yeah. Uh, and then uh, a little present for you, Javier. You said you wanted to see the one about the uh, the advocate for Monsanto's glyphosate and talking about how Please. it poses no danger to humans whatsoever, even though California has ruled it as a uh, carcinogen. Let me see if I can find the little clip for you. You can drink a whole quart of it and it won't hurt you. It's, yeah, uh, it, you want to drink some? We have some here. I'd be happy to, actually. But you, not, not really, but... Not really? I know it wouldn't hurt if, me. If, if, if you say so, I have some glasses. No, no, I'm not stupid. Ah, okay, so you... you, you no, but I know... So that, it's dangerous, I right? Know, I, no, people try to commit suicide no, with no, it and no, fail no, fairly regularly. Tell the truth. It's, it's not dangerous, dangerous to humans. No, it's no. not. So are you ready to drink one glass of no, glyphosate? No, I'm not an idiot. Interview me about golden rice. That's did, what I'm talking did, about. Did. Okay, then it's except, finished. Except, except, then the interview is finished. That's a, that's a good way to solve things. Yeah. You're a complete jerk. Anyway, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that little clip. I did. Yeah. I think it's pretty common knowledge that glyphosate is not healthy. It is a carcinogen. And when I see somebody spraying Roundup or, or any of those products, uh, weed killers, I just... I will cross the street. I will go out of my way to go upwind from any of that. I've mentioned before, I've got a friend here in New Zealand who has used Roundup for years on his acreage. Tons of it sprayed behind his tractor. Never wore a mask. And uh, now in his late 60s, uh, he came down with lung cancer. So, no surprise. Yeah. No surprise. Yeah. Yep. And probably not a smoker either, no, right? never. He's super healthy, worked out, ate healthy. I mean, he's like, you know, radical about it. Um, otherwise, super fit guy, but uh, still works out now in his 70s. Anyway, uh, we're keeping healthy and uh, really getting into our gardening. And uh, Well, I'm actually, we we moved into, the, into a new house. We don't have that big a backyard, so I'm actually going to start looking at... Uh, setting up a vertical arc. Yes, uh, there was a backyard farmer, I think it was in Northern California, who, I mean, he just had a very small backyard sort of patio area, but they turned everything into uh, vertical farming and every square inch of ground that they could use. And they ended up being able to produce enough money to earn an income from the local Saturday markets to quit oh, work. Wow and just do that full time and uh, yeah, have enough money to feed themselves. So, I mean, they got rid of their oh grocery bill almost completely in in a city. So I, I thought that was, that's yeah, crazy. That was pretty extraordinary. I will find that link and I will share that again with our, you and our listeners in the show notes. So anyway, uh, out of respect for you and our listeners, I will uh, wrap this up here. Until next time, please do the right thing and keep asking questions.